Welcome to Social Minute, the podcast that looks at social network minute by minute. And today we're going to be covering minute number 98, which goes from 1 hour 37 to 1 hour 37.59. Uh, we start with Mark and Wado finishing off their phone call. Um, you know, uh, Mark breaks the news that Peter Thiel has made an Asian investment. Uh, they're going to have half a million dollars. They're going to be set up, um, you know, in a new office. They're going to have incorporate as a new company um you know he's got to come out and sign some documents um and you know he says i need my cfo and uh, you know he's on his way back and you know before the phone call ends mark says you know we did it um and then like the villain at the end of a horror movie christie suddenly appears and <laughs> makes eduardo jump and then eduardo finishes the minute saying also, I'm breaking up with you. And joining me to talk about today is Aaron Coker. Hello, Aaron. Howdy. Uh, yeah, so we get the end of this phone call. Obviously, it's been a pretty intense phone call. There's been a lot of business going on behind Mark, while, right. you know, behind Eduardo while this phone call's been going on. Uh, people are celebrating behind Mark. Everything's kind of been going on in the background a little bit. Um, and we, we, you know, we, we have this phone call where, you know, the tone changes very, like, you know, from, from Mark kind of being angry and whining um, you know, after he says maybe you were frustrated, you know, which finished the previous minute, Eduardo shouting at his phone because obviously it's on speakerphone because he's trying to take, you know, put out a fire. Um, he, he says, you know, maybe you were angry. And of course, Eduardo yells, I was. And he's like, but I'm willing to let bygones be God bygones because Wado have got some good news. And of course, I like as he says that, that's when Eduardo finishes putting the fire out with the fire extinguisher yeah. and finally picks his phone back up. Um, and we find out, you know, Wado saying, you know, it was childish, you know, I had to get your attention. And of course, he said, you know, Mark doing his typical thing. He's already moved on to the next subject in the conversation, which is he's got good news. Peter Till has made an Asian investment and, you know, they're going to they're going to basically give them an office and they're going to reincorporate the company, uh, which was obviously something that was discussed during the very brief Peter Till minute. Um, and, I, I, you know, obviously there, I, I guess in terms of foreshadowing, they set it up there that they need to reincorporate the company. And also, who is Eduardo Saverin? Yeah. Here, Mark says, you know, they're going to give us a new office. They want to reincorporate the company. And they want to meet with you to get your signature on some documents and get your ass back on the next flight to San Francisco. So basically, in the middle of that is the important thing, which is they want to reincorporate the company, but it's kind of hidden. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, he to kind of basically, I think, distracted Wado maybe or something, or maybe it's, it's a genuine sentiment. He says, I need my CFO. Um, and then I kind of like how Eduardo is like, I'm on my way. Um, and then we get we kind of get like probably the last time where Eduardo and Mark will have like a nice sentiment, which is where he says Wado and he's like, yes, we did it. We did and, it. And, you know, I can't. Yeah. You know, that's it. And then, of course, uh, Eduardo shuts his phone and then just like I like how in the script it says after a moment and it says Christy and the direction is like nothing's happened. <laughs> and then she just goes, Wado? <laughs> of course, he, it's even scripted that he jumps and goes, ah, and that's literally in the script. Um, and then she's like, you're going back there already? And I like how Eduardo's like, yes. Also, I'm breaking up with you. And it's like, you know, and it's, I don't know, that's to me, that's like the perfect end to this whole scene of, you know, like from the start of the phone call to now, just this this little this little section like that's the perfect start and finish like it just you know it's 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 just great you know like because like yes you know she, like the fact that she's acting like she didn't just set a scarf on fire you know in his apartment yeah in you know in a bin like she's just acting like 
oh no, I don't want you to go back to you know San Francisco already. Like it's just a, I don't know. I I, I love I just I love everything about Brenda Song. She's she's so good in this film. Um, and you know I always like her in everything that I've seen. I think recently she did like a Netflix film, which was like, um, kind of like a a low budget remake of a Nicole Kidman film from a few years ago. Huh. Um, about oh, well, Nicole Kidman did this film called Before I Go to Sleep. Um, which is about a woman who has been in an accident and can't remember something, and she's living with this man who is her husband, in inverted commas. And not to ruin that film, it's not really that good of a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the twist is it's not her husband. It's just her stalker who's kind of kidnapped <laughs> her and, and kind of co- and convinced her that she that he is her husband by kind of having these photographs taken and making like trying to basically gaslight her in the in the most insidious of sure. ways. And she also has like a doctor who she's going to see for this memory loss. And you know that you you're meant to think there's something up with him as well. But it's got you know her and and Colin Firth and you know like it's reuniting from Paddington one um and it's like a you know it's like a bit it's kind of a big name cast um and then Brenda Song has recently done a film on Netflix I think called Secret Obsession where she's in an accident and she has amnesia and this guy comes to claim her and says that he's a wife a uh, husband sorry and that she's she's his wife um and it basically it sounds like it's the exact same story as that <laughs> okay. particular film but obviously it's a bit more kind of like trashy and like kind of more of a thriller really um than than before I go to sleep was which you know um, so yeah, but uh, you know, so uh, out of nowhere, in the last couple of weeks, Brenda Song has suddenly, you know, ha- had a, this kind of high-profile project yeah. um, that people on Netflix have kind of obsessed over. And there's, I've seen at least four different YouTube videos by different commentators covering that film because apparently it gets a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, but I, you know, I've always found Brenda Song to be very kind of charming, and, and I think you know that's she's one of the assets of this film, like just how well she kind of. She elevates this role to something more than just like the, you know the nymphomaniac psycho girlfriend. Like she makes it something slightly different. I feel like um, trashy Netflix know. films are like the new cult cinema, whereas before you'd have you know B and C movie producers making you know uh, Alien picks or something like that. Now it's like there's a show called uh, Another Life on Netflix, which, as far as I understand, is supposed to be like a straight faced and straight laced. Uh, space shows featuring, you know, Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica, but it is completely ridiculous and over the top, and I love it for that. It's so bad, it's good. Uh, I'm not a fan of deliberately watching things that I know that are not going to be good. I, you know, I'm really not either, but it's this some some of this stuff on Netflix, though, kind of hooks me. I'm going to check that Brenda Song one out. Um, so, you know, it's un- it's unlikely that I'm ever going to watch that, but, you know, maybe because she's in it, I might, I might, if I'm one day bored, I might just go like, okay, well, I, you know, I may as well watch it, give it a, give it a look, just because I, I like, I like Brenda Song. Um... But yeah, so you know this, uh, you know this is literally her last appearance in the film. Like after this, that's it. There's no more Brenda songs. So right. you know the last words delivered to her are, you know, I'm also also I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I do I do love this jump scare as well because obviously the scene opens with this kind of like horror setting of someone trying the door and then you know she opens it and she's kind of backlit by this you know this kind of light and you know she kind of could be some kind of monster like it's you know it's it's basically set up that way and then we finish up with with her kind of popping up out of nowhere silently and scaring Eduardo with like a literal in life jump scare yeah they they showed restraint and not having a music sting at that point Although I, I, the thing is, though, given the music that's in this film, it's 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 more moody than kind of you know specific. Like I don't, I can't imagine a, 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 like any of the songs on this soundtrack like having like a specific sting. Um, 
so but yeah I, I it's just it's i, I don't know it, i i i like everything about her character but obviously i can understand why people have criticized it in, you know in previous reviews and stuff because it, it it like it's not a fully formed character i think it it only it only works for me because because of the actress um you know she it feels like she's bringing something to it that maybe isn't on the page you know maybe i'm just kind of being charmed by her no but there um, I, I agree i think there's a subtlety in her performance it's tough when you set a movie at harvard where sure mark zuckerberg's a genius but everybody's a genius you know they're all accomplished there at harvard and so she has to play it not dumb necessarily but a few steps behind uh characters like uh mark and, and eduardo and I think that she she does that pretty well, and she even you know she's self assured. She gets a, a line or two in. She seems to be vibing with Sean uh, during the Appletini meeting, and so yeah, I think that Brenda Song does a great job with with the role. Yeah, and I also think she had like a certain chemistry with Andrew Garfield as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, had Andrew Garfield continued in the role of Spider Man for longer. Um, you know, maybe there would have been a chance to bring Brenda Song, you know, in as like, you know, a love interest at some sure. point for him, uh, given what they did to his existing and real life at the time love interest. Hmm. Obviously, that was not to be. So, but yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, I kind of like as well how like he's still dealing with this crisis while Mark is kind of giving him the good news. <laughs> like, so he's still like. You know, obviously, everybody's always a step behind any conversation with Mark Zuckerberg because he's always like moving on to the next subject by the time they've caught up. So I think it's interesting that that's happening here as well, but mostly because Eduardo has just had to put his phone down and put it on speakerphone so he can, can put out a fire. So he's actually like a bit behind um, Mark anyway, like apologizing for his childish, you know, whatevers, while Mark is like, I said, I've got some good news. Like, so Mark has already moved on in the conversation. Um, and even after he says, you know, Peter Thiel has just invested half a million, Eduardo's like, what? And he's like, half a million dollars. And, you know, so like, again, Eduardo is slightly behind on the conversation. Right. And the fact the fact that he's also said they want to reincorporate the company, Eduardo is also behind on that because I don't think he's fully realized what that's going to mean. Right. Um, and over the next couple of minutes, obviously, we can get more into that because he's going to find out in you know a very distinct fashion what exactly that means in terms of you know from his point of view. But I also kind of believe you know the the final bit of this conversation where Mark says I need my CFO and the fact <laughs> yeah. that Eduardo Eduardo replies with I'm on my way. Like yeah, but to me, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't read the Accidental Billionaires, and I guess I don't know the whole real life story. But I have to wonder if this is where the screw job is really starting you know to me it feels this and especially the one million subscriber party later feels like tommy getting made in the goodfellas you know where they call him in it's like hey don't worry about it come on in and then he gets there he's all dressed up and no it's bullet to the head spoiler alert for goodfellas <laughs> Yo, sorry. Um, but i uh yeah i like i i feel like it is kind of a little bit of that but i i don't think mark is conspiring at this point okay and some of the the deposition earlier in the film yeah, he's literally asked outright, did you conspire? And he's like, you know, do you mean like when I was in the alley at the AEPI, did I conspire to, you know, screw Eduardo out of a company that didn't yet exist? <laughs> like, which is, you know, it's like an absurd question to ask it there. But to hit for here, this is the point where you ask, did you know that when Eduardo was coming out, that we were basically going to dilute his shares down to nothing? Like, this is the time where you ask that question. Yeah. Um, and obviously they will kind of, once we get back to the depositions, because it's been a few minutes since we've been in a deposition, but once we get back there, they will kind of, you know, lead us down the path to what happened once Eduardo flew out. Yeah. But I feel that this is genuine, you know, that Mark does need, he does need Eduardo there to, you know, help complete the paperwork. But he just wants him there to see the new offices, to see what, you know, what they've achieved, not just to sign the paperwork. And I think obviously Eduardo's response of I'm on my way. 
you know, that is kind of, you know, the most genuine kind of thing. Like the fact that he smiles and he's like, yeah, I'm on my way. You know, like you've asked me to come back. I'm going to come back. Even though he's just landed. <laughs> right. Yep. yep. And fires out. <laughs> let, let's let's not forget two days ago, he was already there and somebody forgot to pick him up at the airport. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pick me up at the airport this time. Yeah. I'll get a cab. That's in fact, that's probably what I would have put into the script at this point is I would, you know, if I was Aaron Sorkin, I'd have said, look, you, you know, you've got to make reference to the fact that he didn't pick him up. <laughs> it's and it's and it's got to be playful he's you know he's got to say i'm on my way don't forget to pick me up at the airport and he's got to say i won't you know like that would you know i still think it works as it is but it would be a nice little callback yeah um so is there anything else that needs to be said about this particular minute uh maybe you've talked about him on a previous minute but i wanted to bring up just the uh, appearance or existence of peter Thiel in the real world who um you know i guess we need people like him to get Facebook and all these things that we want out there, but famously not a real chill dude uh, in real life. And apparently, I read that he, um, I think just last week, his uh, investment fund uh, has sold the last of their shares in Facebook. So he has no ownership or equity in Facebook anymore. He sold it a few years ago, actually, but he's 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 still on the board. So he might have stepped down from the board mm. in the time. Mm. But yeah, he's been, he's been on the board after selling most of his stake in, he sold most of his stake for a billion dollars after he invested. So he made his money back. Well, um, surely, yeah. Pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I did discuss him a bit more in the previous minute where he was actually on screen. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I think is I, you know, uh, th- there's been a bit, a lot of discussion, particularly with, you know, certain elections going on about, you know, the role of media giants and, you know, I would, I would argue that, you know, that maybe is a case that Facebook should be viewed as a public utility um or you know youtube should be viewed as a public utility or even google should be viewed as a public utility um and maybe uh there should be some way that they should be kind of uh publicly owned in some manner but i don't know how that would be executed um you know it's one of those things that i think people kind of talk about but it's very hard to kind of picture exactly how that would happen uh, particularly given the value of these things. Yeah. Um, well, I think they should look you know. into it. I also wanted to bring up at yeah. the very end of this minute, uh, as, as soon as Mark hangs up, you know, they're celebrating and they're spraying champagne all over the living room of a ranch house that I'm guessing is chock-a-block with laptops and server equipment. So that might not be a good idea. The room they're in doesn't have any electrical equipment. Oh, okay. All right. So they're safe. <laughs> there's, a, there's a room next to it, which we saw earlier when it's next to the kitchen, that's where all the uh, the laptops are. So where they get wired I would in think they'd and be work, okay. Yeah. Though I'll say this: obviously, um, you know, this was a real house that they rented um, on La Jennifer Way, hmm. um, and when they came to move out, um, the the son who was renting it to them, who was the son of the owner, uh, he did have to like they did have to kind of negotiate how much they were going to pay for him because apparently he wanted the entire security deposit, but they kind of, they managed to negotiate it slightly down oh, okay. to less than the whole security deposit. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. So that, you know, there, there was some, it, this place was notorious for the parties anyway, you know, like yeah. people would code for a few days and then they would party for like four or five days and then they go back to coding. <laughs> and that was just kind of how it worked. Hell of a life. Um, you know, and they did that for kind of like t- two or three months. So um, yeah, you know, obviously, once once they got funded by you know um, angel investors, then you know they could move into proper offices, and obviously, we will see those in the next minute. Yeah. So uh, let's go to the Wednesday question, which is, uh, you know, what are your views on other uh, David Fincher films? I think that he is. I'll just say outright, like one of the best filmmakers working right now. Some of his films are in my sort of top ten, or just you know, just the top list of my favorite films. 
like Zodiac. Um, uh, I do like uh, like Fight Club. I think Seven is probably the first film of his that I saw that I was really like, okay, this guy is a real talent. And the things that he's made after, as he's sort of gotten into his middle period and done a little more um, uh, sort of general audience friendly stuff, um, I'm not always super excited about, um, but he, there's always that uh, sense of artistry and signature that he brings to his films. And I like the the themes that he explores, you know, the ideas of like obsession and, and desperation and just very attractive to me. I also really like um, Mindhunter on Netflix. Um, I think it's probably the, the logical extension of, uh, of Zodiac. Um, it's like if you could get a sequel to Zodiac, but it's a TV show, you've got Mindhunter. So always, always been a big fan. I think it's interesting because I think um, Social Network is one of the few films that he's done when nobody dies. In it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. Um, uh, I think... I was trying to think what else. Uh, no, Gone Girl, someone dies. Girl Drank Tattoo, someone dies. Panic Room, someone dies. Maybe The Game is the only other one where nobody Oh, that's dies. right. Yeah, nobody dies in The Game, yeah. Yeah, but other than that... His father dies know, in flashbacks, look, but otherwise, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, well, then somebody dies in the opening <laughs> credits of that then, yeah. So, yeah, so this is the only film where nobody dies in a David Fincher film. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I think Benjamin Button's the only one where the title character dies in the uh, in the film. Uh. Um, you know, uh, although one could guess that you know public privacy has died after the introduction of Facebook. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, then let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug? Yes, indeed. Uh, we were talking about watching bad movies on purpose earlier. Uh, bad movie fans will want to check out my podcast, Craft Disservices. It's a show where we look at the quote-unquote bad films of cinema history, movies that critics rejected but audiences embraced. They can be cult classics, uh, stunning failures, or misunderstood masterpieces. We talk about why they failed, uh, why they be eventually became beloved, and the changing face of criticism. Uh, you can find Craft Disservices at at craft disservice on twitter or wherever you get your podcasts and the social minute would never be on craft disservices it's 95 percent on rotten tomatoes well loved by everybody and a fine yes film. it is his, it's his highest rated film on rotten tomatoes as well yeah that's interesting do you think that that is just because of per people's sort of personal attachment to it uh, because we all have facebook accounts and and whatnot no that's i'm talking about critics it was it's the highest rated film by critics. oh well i mean I'll, uh. I'll repeat the question just with critic critics instead of uh audiences <laughs> um i don't know i get i mean it was just extremely well reviewed i think yeah. um I, I what's weird is like you know uh, facebook had only been open to the public for like four years when this film came out mm -hmm. and obviously it's been open to the public you know for the last decade so yeah um, you know, people who were on it were probably early adopters, I guess, uh, within those first few years. I think if you, I would say if you were on before this film came out, you know, you counted as an early adopter. And then after this, I feel like you had to be following the trends of people <laughs> yeah. being on Facebook because it was a very successful film about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not his highest grossing film though. Um, I think his highest grossing film was, uh, I think it was Benjamin Button, but then it's, then it's Gone Girl. Yeah. Was that, was the next... Um, yeah, so it's really weird because David Fincher hasn't ever done a film that's made like tons and tons of money. Um, you know, he's just had kind of like critical successes. Um, it's, it's kind of weird because like his films are kind of released roughly the same time as like Christopher Nolan films, <laughs> but Christopher Nolan's made tons of money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas David, you know, whereas David Fincher is just very critically acclaimed. Um, you know, and of course this was nominated for a bunch of Oscars and it won the best screenplay. Um, that's true. Yeah. 
which which is understandable, I would say. Um, and you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute or on Twitter at social underscore minute or on Facebook at the social minute podcast. Thanks for being my guest here today. Uh, thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.